Chapter 9. Topics to Meditate About Sometimes the hardest part of meditation is deciding what to think about. God's Word spans 66 books composed of nearly 1,200 chapters and subdivided into more than 31,000 verses. There's plenty of material to choose from, but if you don't have a subject already in mind, deciding where to start can be overwhelming. In this section, we've laid out three main categories that make it easy to launch into meditation. Important Bible lists, names and titles of God, and the law of God. You'll find included in each category scripture references and a brief description to get you started. Important Bible lists. Throughout the Bible, and especially in the New Testament, God provides us with important lists to consider. There are lists about arming ourselves for spiritual warfare, lists about what godly repentance looks like, lists about how God expects his people to conduct themselves. Even the Ten Commandments themselves are a list. Sometimes it can be tempting to skim through these lists, but when we take the time to stop and think about the items in a particular list, what they mean, why God placed them in that order, and how they're all tied together, we can uncover a great deal of spiritual insight. Below are some lists in the Bible you might be interested in meditating on. There are more, of course, but these are a great place to start. The Ten Commandments in Exodus 20 verses 1 through 17, the fundamental principles of God's way of life. The Feasts of the Lord in Leviticus chapter 23, a list of God's feast days that symbolize God's plan for humanity. Seven Abominations in Proverbs 6 verses 16 through 19, seven things that God calls abominations, actions and lifestyles he hates and will not tolerate. Small but wise in Proverbs 30 verses 24 through 28, Four exceedingly wise little things, wonders of God's creation. The virtuous wife, in Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31. Qualities of a virtuous wife. Also consider the implied qualities of the husband who safely trusts her, in verse 11. The Beatitudes, in Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 10, and Luke chapter 6, verses 20 through 23. Statements from Jesus about the kind of Christians who should be considered blessed or happy. Godly love in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7. The attributes of God's love for us and the love we should have for each other. Godly repentance in 2 Corinthians 7, verse 11. How godly sorrow ultimately produces repentance leading to salvation, verse 10. Abound in these things in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. Qualities Christians should strive to abound in or cultivate in their lives. The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23, the fruit grown from God's Spirit, contrasted with the works produced by human nature in verses 19 through 21. The armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20, the spiritual armor Christians must wear to stand against the wiles of the devil, verse 11. Meditate on these things in Philippians 4, verses 8 through 9, a filter for deciding what subjects are worth meditating about. The Christian wardrobe, in Colossians 3, verses 12 through 14. Qualities and traits that Christians ought to put on. Qualifications of leaders in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2 through 12, and Titus chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. Traits that should be evident in a Christian leader, and, by extension, in all of us. Be an example in 1 Timothy 4, 12 through 16. A list of things to meditate on, verse 15. Ways to be an example, areas to give attention to. A godly widow in 1 Timothy chapter 5 verses 9 through 10. Traits of a widow who deserves assistance from the church. Contrasted with the traits in verses 11 through 15. In the last days 
in 2 Timothy 3 verses 1 through 5, character traits that will be present during the last days and that we must avoid in our own lives. All scripture is profitable in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 through 17. Ways to put God's word to use to be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Verse 17. Men and women, young and old. In Titus chapter 2 verses 1 through 8. Traits that should be evident in older men, older women, young men, and young women. Christian behavior in Titus chapter 3 verses 1 through 2. How Christians ought to behave in the world. Contrasted with unchristian behaviors in verse 3. Godly wisdom in James chapter 3 verse 17. Qualities that help us identify godly wisdom, contrasted with earthly wisdom in verses 14 through 16. The pathway to spiritual maturity in 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 5 through 7. What to add to our faith if we want to never stumble, verse 10, and enter God's kingdom, verse 11. Names and Titles of God The book of Malachi includes this inspiring passage. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on or esteem his name. Malachi 3 verse 16. God goes by many names and titles in the Bible, including the name he revealed to Moses in Exodus 6 verse 2. Out of reverence, Jewish scribes preserve the consonants of this name, but not the vowels, leaving us only with the letters Y-H-W-H. Most of God's names and titles begin with either those four letters or else some form of Elohim or El, generic words that sometimes refer to the true God, but sometimes refer to pagan false gods. Names and titles in the Bible are important. The names and titles of God especially give us insight into His divine character. By spending time meditating on the aspects of God revealed through the Bible's names for Him, we can come to a deeper understanding of and relationship with the God we serve. The following list is far from complete, but it includes many important names of God that should provide you with plenty of material to meditate about. El or Elohim, meaning God, appearing in Psalm 82 verse 1, among others. Hebrew terms for God or gods, also used to refer to pagan gods, judges, and angels, reveals the plurality or family nature of God. El Roy, the God who sees, appears in Genesis 16 verse 13 used by Hagar while fleeing from Sarai, an acknowledgement that God sees and cares about everyone. El Olam, everlasting God, appears in Genesis 21 verse 33. God has no beginning and no end. He is everlasting, eternal. El Elyon, meaning God most high, appears in Genesis 14 verse 19. First used by Melchizedek when speaking with Abraham, showcases that God has no peer, and no rival. El Shaddai, meaning God Almighty, appears in Genesis 17.1, Exodus 6.3. Used by God when appearing before Abraham, highlights God's infinite power and might. El Gibor, meaning Mighty God, appears in Deuteronomy 10.17, Isaiah 9.6. A military-related title. David's mighty men were his Giborim, 2 Samuel 23 verse 8. God is a mighty God who fights for us. Y-H-W-H, possibly pronounced Yahweh, closely related to the Hebrew word for I am, appears in Exodus chapter 6 verses 2 through 3, closely related to God's statement in Exodus 3.14, I am who I am. 
God exists without the help of anyone or anything. He is the God who is. He is eternal, without beginning or end. Yahweh Nisi, meaning the Lord is my banner, appears in Exodus 17 verse 15. A banner was a flag or symbol for soldiers to rally around in battle. God gives us our marching orders. We serve under his banner. Yahweh Rapha, meaning the Lord who heals you, appears in Exodus 15 verse 26. A promise from God to the Israelites. If they would obey him, he would protect them from the diseases of the Egyptians. God alone has the ability to heal. Yahweh Rohi, the Lord my shepherd, Psalm 23 verse 1. Like a shepherd, God leads us where we need to go, protects us from danger, and takes care of our needs. Yahweh Yira, meaning the Lord will provide, appears in Genesis 22:14, a title given by Abraham after God provided a sacrifice in Isaac's place. God provides what we need when we need it. Yahweh Shalom, meaning the Lord is peace, appears in Judges 6, verse 24. God is our source of peace and protection. With him, we don't need to be afraid. See Psalm 27, verse 1. Yahweh Tzidkinu, meaning the Lord our righteousness, appears in Jeremiah 23, verses 5 through 6. Although he expects us to live rightly, we cannot truly be righteous without God's forgiveness, justification, and help. Yahweh Saboath, meaning the Lord of hosts, appears in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 3. In addition to being the Almighty, God is also the leader of the armies in heaven. Nothing in the entire universe is outside of his control. Yahweh Shammah, meaning the Lord is there, appears in Ezekiel 48, verse 35. In the vision God showed Ezekiel of the restored Israel, the capital city was named as a reminder of God's continued presence. Yahweh Makadash, meaning the Lord who sanctifies you, appears in Leviticus 20, verses 7 through 8. Only God has the power to set us apart and make us holy. And he does. By obeying him, we remain sanctified. Cardionostes, meaning the heart-knower, appears in Acts chapter 1, verse 24, and chapter 15, verse 8. Nothing is hidden from God. He knows our hearts, even when others cannot. Alpha and Omega, meaning the beginning and the end, the first and the last, appears in Revelation chapter 1, verses 8 and 11, chapter 21, verse 6, chapter 22, verse 13. Alpha and Omega are the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. God is the beginning and end of all things. The Law of God Psalm 119 repeatedly connects meditation with different aspects of God's law, his precepts, his judgments, his commandments, his statutes, and more. Most commentaries are quick to point out that it's nearly impossible to find a perfect distinction between these terms. Their meanings often overlap in the Bible, and they frequently appear alongside each other in a way that makes them hard to tell apart. For example, Psalm 19 verses 7 through 9 mentions God's law, his testimonies, his statutes, his commandments, and his judgments. Psalm 119 verses 1 through 8 mentions God's law, his testimonies, his precepts, his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, and then his statutes again. Nehemiah chapter 9 verses 13 through 14 says that God gave Israel just ordinances and true laws, good statutes and commandments, 
and that he commanded them precepts, statutes, and laws. Deuteronomy 7 verse 11 tells us to keep the commandment, the statutes, and the judgments which I command you today. Still, if we look at the original languages, we can tease out a few helpful distinctions between some of these words. Below is a list of some of the key Hebrew and Greek words used to describe God's instructions, how they can be translated, what they generally mean, and a few and a handful of places in scripture where you'll find them referenced. Studying these different terms might prompt you to look at God's law from perspectives you hadn't considered before. Mitzvah, Strong's number H46871, appears 184 times. Generally means command, commandment, or order. A mitzvah is a command or an order. Obedience to God's commandments brings blessings. Disobedience brings curses. Referenced in Exodus chapter 20 verses 5 through 6, Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 40, and chapter 11 verses 26 through 28. Chok and Chokah, Strong's number H2706 and H2708, appear 131 and 104 times respectively, generally meaning decree, statute, ordinance, or custom. The words chok and chokah are tied to the idea of setting a limit or establishing a pattern. God's decrees and statutes often show us the boundaries we shouldn't cross. Sometimes they are given weight as an everlasting ordinance, Exodus 12.17. These words often appear alongside mishpat, mitzvah, and Torah. Referenced in Exodus 15 verses 25 through 26, Deuteronomy 30 verse 10, Psalm 2 verse 7, 50 verses 16 through 17, Isaiah 24, 5, and Malachi 3, 7. Mishpat, Strong's number H4941, appears 425 times, generally meaning justice or judgment. A mishpat carries a sense of arbitration between two parties, like a legal judgment. God's judgments teach us about living justly and treating others fairly. Referenced in Exodus 21, verse 1, Leviticus 19, verses 15 and 35, chapter 26, verses 43 and 46, 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 12, 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 14, and Psalm 89, verses 30 through 37. Edut, Strong's number H5715, appears 61 times, generally meaning testimony, statute, stipulation, or regulation. In the first five books of the Bible, Edut refers exclusively to the tablets containing the Ten Commandments and by extension the ark and tabernacle that contained them. This testimony represented the covenant God had made with Israel. Later in the Bible, Edut came to refer to God's law in general, along with the regulations of that law, referred to in Exodus 25 verse 16, Deuteronomy 6 verse 17, Joshua 4 verse 16, and Jeremiah 44 verse 23. Torah, Strong's number H8451, appears 223 times generally meaning law, regulation, instruction, or teaching. Torah collectively refers to God's instructions governing the lives of his people. When Ezra read from the book of the law, Torah, of Moses, in Nehemiah chapter 8 verses 1 through 3, it probably included the entire first five books of the Bible, referenced in Exodus 12 verse 49, 18 verse 16, Deuteronomy 4 verses 44 through 46, 29 verse 29, 30 verse 10, 32 verse 46, Joshua 8 verses 32 through 34, 2 Kings 22 verse 8, Nehemiah 8 verses 1 through 3, Psalm 119 verse 72, Ezekiel 22 verse 26. Pikudim, Strong's number H6490, 
appears 24 times, generally meaning precepts, directions, orders, or regulations. Bikudim is used only in the Psalms, and almost entirely in Psalm 119. It appears to express the idea that God is paying attention to how he wants things ordered. The Complete Word Study Dictionary, Old Testament. Referenced in Psalm 19, verse 8, Psalm 103, verse 18, Psalm 111, verse 7, Psalm 119, verses 93, 100, 104, and 173. Entole, Strong's number G1785, appears 67 times, generally meaning commandment. In Greek, Entole is similar to the Hebrew word mitzvah, a commandment we are expected to obey. Referenced in Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40, Mark 10, verse 19, John 15, verse 12, Romans 7, verse 12, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 37, 1 John 5, verse 3. Didache and Didaskalia, Strong's number G1322 and G1319, appear 30 and 21 times, respectively. Generally meaning, doctrine, teaching, or instruction. In Greek, didache and didaskalia are similar to the Hebrew word Torah, teachings and instructions on how we ought to live our lives. Referenced in Matthew 7.28, John 7.16-17, Acts 2.42, Romans 15.4, 1 Timothy 4 verses 1, 6, and 16, 2 Timothy 3.16. Nomos, Strong's number G3551, appears 194 times, generally meaning law. In the New Testament, nomos often refers to either the law given by God through Moses, the Torah, or the entire Old Testament. It can also refer to general rules, standards, or principles. Referenced in Matthew 5 verse 17, 22 verses 36 through 40, John 7 19, Romans 6 15, 7 12, and 13 10, Hebrews 9 22, and James 2 verses 8 through 12.